in three, two, one. If you're struggling to find new customers or clients, and you're just not sure what you're doing wrong or how to fix the problem, you're not alone. Unfortunately, this isn't a problem that is going to solve itself or just go away. Spending more money to get the same mediocre results will only compound the problem. Imagine what it would be like to have a messaging framework that provides clarity and focus so that you can create websites, emails, and social media content that actually works without spending a fortune on outside experts. To help us understand the elements of the framework needed to grow our business is instructional designer and messaging expert, Francis Jones. Well, hey, Francis, welcome to the program. We're glad to have you. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Been a little while. It has. And just from a disclosure point of view, you and I have worked together. We work together on different projects and you work in one of our companies and you also do freelance work and you have a really heavy duty background working in training and industrial design and work with some great companies. And that brings us to our message of what we're trying to do accomplish today is where we want to clarify our message and really grow our business. So that a good place to start? Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. Now, let's just give some background. You were working, when you and I came in contact, you worked with another Arizona company called Infusionsoft. Correct. And so you mm-hmm. have a very strong background, and I believe you started up their training academy. We used to always joke, we used to call it Confusionsoft. It's now called uh, Keep, and it's involved yeah. a long way. But I think you went a long way to helping people understand how to use that program. Yeah, I did. And how to create yep. messaging. How did you get to that particular organization and company? How did your design and your background lead you there, first of all? I had been working for a local college, teaching business classes. Classically, I was a trainer, training education. And as you know, education and training go hand in hand. And I wanted to move back into corporate America. And so I had a few friends that worked there at Infusionsoft. And so I made my way in there and worked my way through that. And we were able to build out educational products, training products, the help center, all the stuff that was designed to help the Infusionsoft user, now the Keep user, use the software and to grow their businesses. And it's an excellent piece of software for client management, for one-to-one communications, and it's used as a backbone with others. And that's how we met. We met a number mm-hmm. of years ago on that. And I think it's important people know when it comes to design that you really will design a workflow, a communication flow, and then you also work on the messaging. And that led you to be trained by Donald Miller, who is the author of the best-selling book, Building a Story Brand. And you went through that process and were coached by Donald. What led you down that road? Donald was one of my clients when I was at Infusionsoft. I moved out of education. I wanted to kind of expand my horizons a little bit. And so I worked with our larger clients and partners and Donald Miller was a partner. And so when I left Infusionsoft, one of the first calls I made was to Donald Miller and his right-hand man at that time was Tim Schur and got certified as a story brand certified guide to Anovac community. I believed in the message, believed in the people and the company, and it was amazing. And that's how you and I got together was through StoryBrand. Well, it sounds like a good experience. And obviously we We've seen thousands and thousands of websites and messaging over the last number of years that use that framework that Donald developed, and then you've taken it to a new level as well. Let's talk about that. So when websites came around 20 years ago, <laughs> around 2000, around Y2K, sure. people were putting up basically online brochures. And Correct. these things were just an online brochure. How's it evolved? Where's it at today? And where do you see it going? 
That's an interesting question because when they first came out, it was really just an online brochure. The internet was slow, loads one page at a time. It wasn't super interactive. You could download something, but if you downloaded something, that tied up your internet. And so it was just very picturesque. It was more like, hey, come check us out but it was not interactive and it wasn't as well thought out. I remember a number of years ago, my wife, she runs a preschool. And at the time she had a brick and mortar preschool. And I said to her, you need to get a website. She's like, I don't need a website. And I said, sweetheart, eventually as the internet grows, people are not going to be willing to do business with someone that doesn't have a website because they need to see that you're legitimate. And so websites legitimize businesses. This was back in maybe 2010, 2011. And now you can't use that as a rule of thumb because it's so easy to make a website that just because they have a website doesn't make them legitimate, right? Right. And so we evolved from just like this online brochure where you could go and find out where they're located, the services they offer to something that was much more interactive. Like we want to sell online. And of course that never was more apparent than during COVID when you could couldn't go face to face, right? So because there's so much competition, because there's so many websites out there, you can put in a keyword and you'll come up with literally millions of websites, right? Right. And so you have to do something that differentiates you. You have to do something that causes people to stay and read. Our attention spans today are so short. We just don't have very much time. Google estimates that you have about one or two seconds to grab their attention, and then they're going to move on. And so you have to do something that catches them. And what we do if we're not really careful, and I suspect that some of your listeners do this, is that we want to be cute and clever, and we want to have this great picture, and we want to have this great saying, this ethereal kind of like, oh, I'm a deep thinker. But if I can't tell immediately what they do, and more specifically, what they do for me, I'm going to balance it. I'm going to find someone that does, right? And so that's really where we're at, trying to figure out how we differentiate ourselves is we have to create clarity. Clever doesn't work. Clever doesn't sell. It looks nice. It's really foo-foo and it's great, but it doesn't do anything. Right. And that's where they use the, in their case or in your case, the story brand, we've kind of modified and created. We always had a version called brand story, but it's a fairly good marketing concept because websites, like I say, have been used from a brochure point of view, but it should be functional. And as you said, most people spend 30, 40 seconds, they know right away whether this site is relevant to them or not. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to delve deeper, and most people don't dive deeper, they know right away. And let's kind of go into the framework and why that's important, because what it is, it uses a story model. And Mm -hmm. it brings them into the story like we talked about. And you and I have talked about, for instance, Star Wars or whether it's Hunger Games or whatever. So maybe set the framework up a little bit and just the approach and how companies should take that approach when it comes to actually designing their websites. Yeah. And I love StoryBrand and StoryBrand is a company that does this. There are other companies that do it as well. And certainly the way the hero and the story, this has been around since the dawn of storytelling, right? Right. Every story has a hero and every story has somebody who is there to guide that hero along. And you mentioned Star Wars. Star Wars is kind of the quintessential example from our generation, right? right? Is that you have the hero of the story is Luke Skywalker. He has a problem that he doesn't know if he can, he doesn't know if he can figure it out. He doesn't know if he can be who he needs to be. And so a guide comes along, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he helps him figure out how to work through this. And he does that by providing him with specific steps and activities to get him where he needs to go. But he also shows him, what does the future look like with me? What does the future look like without me? Like, what does success look like? What does failure look like? I mean, the visions that they have, and this is what's going to happen if the dark side wins, because there has to be stakes in the game, right? This idea, what people may not know about Don Miller is that Don Miller used to be a script writer, used to write books and scripts, and he would go to Hollywood 
and it's very formulaic. Like they're looking for very specific things. It's one of the ways that he came upon this process that he takes people through in StoryBrand. And it is very formulaic and it sounds cheesy and it sounds like, well, that's overly simple. It is, but it works, right? And so you say, well, I'm going to break the mold. Well, there's a reason there's a mold. Like there's a reason why all romantic comedies start the way they do and end the way they do because it works, right? Right. And so we talk about building a story and creating the hero and the guide and identifying who that is and what we can do for them and how they take action. It's amazing how simple it is once you realize that it's there, but how easy it is to overlook it. I've analyzed websites, hundreds of websites, and almost to a T, they focus on the wrong things. There's ambiguity in the message. They're clever. I had a guy reach out to me the other day, he reached out on LinkedIn and said, hey, I've got this website. Well, who's willing to take a look at it for me? And I'm like, I will. He's a buddy of mine. I'll look at it. And he's like a thought leader, right? He helps people in their coaching. And I got him on the line and we're friends and I'm not trying to be rude. I said, listen, man, I don't know what you do. I mean, I do personally, but I look at your website and I don't have any idea what you do. He does bike tours. And so he gets people and he takes them to a different country and they do like a thousand mile bike ride. And every day they do thinking exercise. It's really cool, but I don't get any of that from his website and trying to get him to switch his thinking into just asking him the question, like, how are you going to help me? What do I get as a result of this? He had never been able to articulate it because he was trying to think this big kind of lofty kind of ethereal stuff, but you can't. People only will dedicate so much time and energy and so you have to be super crystal clear. And that's where you've really helped us a lot over the years. And as you and I have been friends and even on our website, like one of our sponsors, which by the way, just from a disclosure point of view, I am a shareholder in the headline above the fold, that main message when they first come to it, it says, we help clients get more clients. And that's it. Identify, connect, engage, and grow. That's it. That's our message. That's what we do. We help our clients get more clients. If that's you, you keep on reading. And then there's a structure. And when I remember looking at the framework as you were unveiling it to me and showing me the framework and how we should design our sites and for some of our clients as well, literally hundreds of them, looking at the formula, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to have a hundred websites all look the same, sound the same and feel the same. Not one of them looks, sounds and feels the same, but you can see the recipe there. If you know what to look for, you can see the the formula there. So you've got your header and then you've got your next section where we talk about understanding them and relate to and the empathy stage. So there is a process to it and it's a very good process. And like I say, bringing people through it is the key. Marketing's come a long way. It still has a long way to go. And for a lot of people, I mean, the key ultimately is, and this is why it's such a big money pit to start with, but the keys to be seen, heard, and understood. They want people to understand them. And so the website is really our secret weapon, isn't it? It's the way we can emotionally connect with our audience. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely is. Can you give us some examples, Francis, of some companies that have maybe had traditional websites and then have incorporated the story model and building a story and a brand story at where it's transformed their business? Yeah. The biggest one that I used to share with my clients was CarMax. CarMax is the largest used car dealership in the world. And CarMax, what they understand is they understand what people hate. And so if I was to ask you, Michael, what do people hate about the used car buying experience? Well, it's the sales process that they're 
uncomfortable it's with. It's the haggling on prices. Am I getting a lemon? I don't want to go there and be there all day. And so what CarMax has done is they've created this environment where we don't haggle on prices. The price is set. The sales reps, they're salaried. So it doesn't matter if you buy it for $1,000 more or less. It doesn't impact their pay. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee or whatever it is. They have a 30-checkpoint lemon guarantee, right? And so they've taken all these things and they put them right up in your face so you understand they take out that fear that you have of dealing with car dealerships right from the beginning. So when you go onto their website, it's very clear. It's like, find the car you want, visit the dealer or contact us and then come get your car. They've outlined the steps. It's very easy to get from A to Z and to eliminate the fears that might exist. And if you look at any of CarMax's commercials, for instance, even if you step away from websites, the one thing that they don't feature on any of their commercials is their cars because you're not buying a car. You're buying the experience of buying a car. And that's what people run away from. And so there's a reason why they've done so well. And now this day and age, notwithstanding, because used cars are really a hot commodity, but they are very successful because they have acknowledged that I am the hero of the story, not them. CarMax is not the hero. CarMax is the guide. I am the hero. So when I go there, they understand what I want. They understand how to get me what I want, how to eliminate my fears and how to move me through this process. And I know that up front. And that's like the single best experience that you'll ever have in buying a car is with CarMax. Now, again, I can't speak to their product. I mean, I don't think about that. But in terms of where their website lays out, that's what we're talking about is making sure that people understand what you can do for them. I think you had a saying, you know, if you confuse, you lose. If I come to your site and I don't know what you're doing. And like you said, a lot of people use fancy titles. So a lot of companies or businesses or marketing departments, they've done a great job from a brochure point of view, but there's just too much information on page one on the homepage. There's too many links. I don't know where to go. And I get off the page and I end up going somewhere else. And you recommend keeping it simple, when we tell the story, we're following a simple process. There's a structure to the story. Right. And maybe kind of give an overview of what every good website or story or page one should have. Yeah. So that's great. So at top, of course, you mentioned about the fold. That's where you land. And so when you first get to a website, what is it that I see that headline? What is it that you can do for me? You mentioned on the site that we built, it's about getting more clients. We help you get more clients, right? And so it's very, very clear what you do. You have to have a very strong, clear headline and then some imagery that supports that. I went on a website once, a marketing company, and they had a picture of a building. And I said, do you sell buildings? And they said, no, that's a picture of our building. And I said, people don't care about your building. (laughs) Give me an image that visually represents what you do for me. Your building, I don't care about your building, right? In fact, quite frankly, I don't care about your story. I care about my story. Everything on your website should relate back to me, including your story. So on your about you page, you should be talking about your clients. I got into this business because I recognized that this piece was missing, right? No one cares that my dad was a trainer and that he taught me how to do this or they, they don't care about that stuff. They may eventually care about right. it, but everything is about the hero, right? And so you need to have that headline that calls out. The two biggest things that people are missing is the steps that it takes to work with me. So what is next? I'm on your site. I see this. What is it that we're going to do together? An example I use is weight loss, right? If I went to a personal trainer, I see that he can help me lose weight, but how do I take action? What is it going to take? And he might say, well, first thing you're going to do is we're going to talk and I'm going to ask you what your goals are. Second thing, I'm going to create a fitness plan that is personal, fitness and eating plan that's personalized to you. And third, you're going to get in the best shape you've ever been in your life, right? You're going to be able to hike with your kids, whatever it is, right? Right. And so it's three steps. 
Is it easy? No, it's hard to lose weight, but I've got clarity. If you go and put 45 steps or you tell me it's going to take a year, I'm gone, right? So three, four maybe steps on there about what it takes to work with you, right? Call me, let's set up a consultation. We'll put together a plan and four, here's what you're going to get out of it. Here's what your life is going to look like, right? right? And that kind of aspirational plan needs to be on every page. I mean, every homepage, right? Our clients need to be able to see what it takes to get from this side of the river to that side of the river, right? What stones go in that river? So it's usually it's two or three stones and that's how you're going to get from where I am now to where I want to be. Don't make them guess, right? They can only process so much information at a time. And so we have to provide them with that one, two, three. Again, maybe four. I don't like four. I never designed a website with four. I think you can do everything in three. Yeah, the numbers show that. Matter of fact, when you go to three, two, you get a certain response rate. Three, you get a maximum response rate. And you go to four, it starts to diminish. Correct. Too many things for people to do. And it's a good point. When you look at websites, they're always about them. And I think a good test company is doing one of the first tests we do is who's this website about? Is it about the client? The end user, the customer, and what they can expect from that product or service, or is it about the company and how wonderful they are, who the great clients are, here's all what we do, and there's a chest beating exercise, and right. we establish our credibility, which there is a place for that within the sure. framework, right? Yeah. When we get into the credibility or the authority and creating that authority. This episode is sponsored in part by Rainmaker Digital Solutions, featuring Active Campaign. Looking to drive growth with customer experience automation? Active Campaign, the number one marketing automation platform for e-commerce, B2C and B2B companies, gives you the email marketing, marketing automation, and CRM tools you need to create incredible customer experiences. Active Campaign is the platform we use to reach, nurture, convert, and grow our business, and you can use it to grow yours. You can see why 150,000 plus businesses like yours choose Active Campaign to help them grow and become preferred in the markets they serve. You can also start your free trial by visiting our website and clicking on the Active Campaign trial link. As a bonus, we'll also give you a digital copy of my book, Becoming Preferred, How to Outsell the Competition. And in the interest of full disclosure, I am a shareholder in the company. And back to my conversation with Francis Jones. You always recommend when companies are going down this road, and this goes true of what we're talking about for email communications, for any literature, brochure. Any time you communicate, like training, what I do for my clients with training is building out training. It doesn't change. No. Everyone's buying something, whether it's product you sell or it's your training on, what you want them to know, it's all the same process. Well, I even use the model you taught me in my keynote presentations where I'm there speaking well, why am I there? I'm not there to entertain them, even though that can be right. a part of it. But I'm coming in, I state the problem now. So I actually state the problem. Then I follow the same methodology, the same formulation. Right. And now we're getting into, hey, I get you. And here's the solution. And then if you'll apply this and employ it, here's the potential outcomes that you can have, the transformation stage, if you will. Sure. So you recommend designing this first, just like we would a book or a story to actually write it out. Oh yeah. I know after we do an initial diagnosis or we're talking about the company, the business, the type of clients they have, who the persona is, who are they going after, their targets, that we actually write this out so we clarify it in writing first before we even go down the design path. Yeah, I call it a messaging standard and it is a document that essentially goes through and says, here's what their problem is. This message 
messaging standard doesn't go anywhere. It's the framework that we use to build the website, right? But we need to include what is the problem that your audience is having? Why can't they get that? Like, why can't they get what you're selling to them, right? What's stopping them from achieving that? And then why is that a problem? It shouldn't be that hard to do something. It shouldn't be that difficult. You shouldn't have to worry about, right? And then part of that messaging standard is identifying your authority and your empathy, right? Here's why I'm equipped to help you. Michael Vickers, you've been doing this for 40 years and you've helped thousands of companies and you know what it's like. I've been in your shoes. You have to be really careful because if you've sprinkled too much authority and then you become the hero and then people get turned off, right? But they need to know why I should listen to you. Like you should listen to me because of X, Y, and Z. Wouldn't say it that way, but that's what we want, right? So you need two or three things that identify you as the expert, right? This is why I'm qualified and I gotta be relatable. I've worked with hundreds of clients. I've been in your shoes. I've been there. I know what it's like. And that's why I wanted to do something different. If you watch Shark Tank, the TV show on ABC and Shark Tank, almost everybody is on there. They say, I was doing this and there was a problem and I knew there had to be a better way. It creates immediate empathy with why that person is doing what they're doing and why they're in the best position to help solve the problem. And those that do it well, get an investment from the sharks. Those that don't, don't get investment, right? And so what is your authority? What is that empathy you show? And then we outline those steps that I mentioned earlier, one, two, and three, and you kind of outline what those are. And then we have to give them a call to action, right? Step one is reach out. We'll have a call. Step two is I'll build a plan. Step three is enjoy your best health of all time. If I don't have a call to action, what's my call to action going to be? Well, on the weight loss side of the exercise, it might be schedule a consultation. Every company is different. A lot of my clients who are consultants or people who are consultative in nature, it's to set up, let's talk. You don't know if you're going to like me. I don't know if you're a good fit for me. So let's just talk. Like that's a great first step. And Michael, you're a sales professional. How confident are you about making the sale if you can just get them on the phone? Quite confident. We get right? a conversation. We're ready to go. And how often do you sell off the website? Not very often. Not very often. The website's not designed to sell certain items. If you were selling a $5 tchotchke, that's right. different. Right. But if you're selling $1,000 programs, you're not likely to sell a $1,000 no. program for the website. What you're selling is the conversation. I'm selling that conversation because you don't even know if I'm going to be a good fit either. And so let's get on the phone. Let's decide if it's worthwhile working together. So your call to action is schedule a call. That's the other thing that I want to mention is don't get too cute with your call to action. Like let's connect. Like No, no. Schedule a call. Schedule a call. Be direct Schedule and specific. Schedule a call today. Be very direct. I know that most of us don't want to be that person that's overbearing, but more often than not, that means we err on the side of being like, hey, if you think about it and you kind of sort of want to maybe, if you want to like, if you were at a bar and you were trying to pick up a date, you wouldn't say, want to learn more? No, you would say, let's go have a drink. Like, <laughs> well, well, you might direct. swipe right. Nowadays, they right. swipe right, Francis. Right. You might swipe yeah, right. Yeah, we can swipe. swipe right. Yeah, I hear it. Then the last thing you have to do, what are the stakes in the game? You have to tell them, here's what life can look like if you correct this problem that you're having. And there's got to be stakes in the game. In Star Wars, we know if all of a sudden, as Luke Skywalker is going down that little tube and he's that little tunnel and he's got to shoot those little torpedoes down the hole, if all of a sudden the Death Star powered down and there was no danger to the planet, the movie's over. Like, who cares? Well, it'd be nice if you destroyed it, but there's no danger. There has to be a stake in the game. And I'm not suggesting that that stake should be something vile 
or like we're not trying to scare people, but they need to understand that if they don't make this change, if they don't take you up on this or they don't fix it, they're going to continue to struggle. Status quo, they're going to keep struggling with whatever's normal. Those are the things that have to be on the website, right? That's what's in your messaging standard that we look at. And then we take that once we crystallize that and say, yep, that's it. Then we convert that into the words that we're going to use on the website. But too many people go and they turn their website over to a person who knows how to make it look really pretty. They make it look fantastic. But you'll say to that person, you'll say, hey, design me a great website. They'll say, great. What do you want it to say? And you're like, well, I thought you were, no, no, no. They're not that like, I'm telling you now, I can't design a great website. That's not what I'm wired for. I can help you find great words, but most designers aren't great wordsmiths and vice versa. Yeah. And that's such a critical part of it. We see a lot of websites out there and they're beautifully designed. They look nice, but the messaging's terrible. You're confused when you get done. And like you say, when you're confused, you lose. So you start with that initial pitch document or your standard where you're identifying, okay, this is kind of what it looks like. Here's the issues we're going to do. Then you create your one-liner. This would be like your movie title almost or a book title. We judge books by their cover because that's how we decide where they're going to buy right. it. Right. So we got that one liner and whatever it is to solve a problem, there's some great one liners and those are critical. And also space is important. I know in websites, instead of filling it up with just tons of information, we want to have things that it's all leading down into this funnel and conversation, which is driving them towards the call to action, right? Whatever that CTA right. is. Every section drives you to the next section and you want it. So the headline drives you to the more information, the more information drives drives you to the call to action. Now, there should be a call to action all over the place because some might decide right. sooner and later, but I don't have this data in front of me. You might for your own website, but I'd be more likely to have the call to action at the bottom click than the call to action right on the headline. It's there, but as they scroll through and they get to the steps and that's, that's, that's when they're going to do where it. you're going to take more action. And then in the upper right-hand corner, sometimes there's that button too, depending on what you're selling. Now, when we want to create a one-liner, that main headline that gets them and grabs their attention, are there some rules we should looking at or we should follow? Because we're trying to get a single sentence and deliver a message within that single sentence. How do you come up with those? Well, it's trial and error. The thing is that I would say for most people, if you're not going to sub this out to somebody else, if you're going to own this part of the process, which is totally fine, you have to be willing to be wrong. What happens is that I get too many clients that say, oh, I've come up with this great headline. And then they show it to me. And like this guy was telling you, I finally had to say, good luck because he couldn't get out of his own way. And that's not a slight on him. He just didn't grasp what I was trying to do. And so if you want to do it yourself, you need to be willing to take that feedback that someone gives you, right? But for me, it's an iterative process. I usually write down four or five different things and that will lead to four or five different things because really what it comes down to on the headline, especially is the headline has to be the solution, right? Tell me yours again. We help our clients get more clients. We help our clients get more clients, right? That's the solution. And then right below it are some of the ways that we do it, right? Is it through videos? Is it through sales training? Is it through whatever? So you would have your headline and then below is maybe three bulleted items that you would say, we do it. This is this and this and this, right? It's it's like the sub headline. And so really it's just about being iterative. My dad, who has written books and textbooks, when I started to do this, he said, the first thing you need to do is just go through and do a brain dump. If you try and create the perfect iteration the first time, you'll never get past the first sentence. Knowing that it's maybe not even going to look anything like what you wrote, but you have to get it out there so you know what does and doesn't work. So that's my advice to anyone is just really just start playing with those things, but it's got to be short. It's got to be seven or eight words. It's one sentence. It's not a paragraph. If people go onto your homepage and above the fold is just a paragraph, 
They just can't. They're just not ready to go. If it's a brochure, if Michael and I are at a party and we're talking and I've already decided I'm going to go with Michael, then I'm in a position to read a paragraph. But if you're trying to sell me that I should even consider going with you, you only have a split second to get me. Right. So it's a matter of that clarity, that simplification, get to the point, make it about them, how it applies to them and what they can expect out of that. Now, it really is like doing a movie or a script or a play or a novel where you've got the overview of the novel, you're pitching it to your publisher, you're saying, hey, here's what it's about. Boy meets girl, girl travels to Europe, boy chases girl, whatever it is, whatever the story is going to be. Then we have the name of that movie, you know, whatever we're going to call it, that one liner that attracts us into it and goes, okay, I'm interested. And then in movies and in books, they tend to create storyboards. And in your case, what you do is you take it to a wireframe stage. This is the same as to where we're Uh actually drawing it out where it's a bunch of boxes and lines, but we call it a wireframe. It's not pretty. And it's it's not pretty, but it shows the layout and it gives the picture. It kind of helps position the message, doesn't it? Oh yeah. If you go to your designer with a wireframe, with everything it's supposed to say and where you would like to have it on there, they'll give you a kiss right on the lips. Like they want that. They want you to tell them like they may have some ideas on, well, if we move this around or we do this, that's fine. But trust me, unless that's part of their business plan, which for most of them it isn't, they will be ecstatic that you're giving them the words that go on the page. Yeah. It gives them a structure on which they can work with. And they're not that tough. I think what you're saying too, is the messaging is more important than the graphics or the images. In other words, you could even it have is. bad imaging on there, but if you've got good messaging, you can still win. Yeah. Yeah. And when I work with clients, most websites fall into a couple different categories. There's some that just don't need much work at all. And there's others that it's better to start from scratch, which by the way, isn't a bad thing. Anyway, you should be revamping your website every year or two anyway, keeping some of the main elements for SEO and for recognition from Google. Of course, you don't want to eliminate everything. You don't want to mess up your algorithms, but it gets outdated. The shadows that were popular two or three years ago, not the soft corners, soft edges, they've changed. If you leave your website static, it's going to look outdated. So you're going to want to refresh it anyway, every so often. Perfect. You recommend that when you're teaching and working with clients that if they come and they're not ready to purchase yet, they're doing some homework, they're doing some background work, maybe they're checking out the competition, that they can do a transitional call to action. They're not ready to schedule an appointment, not ready to book a call, but this is one more step that kind of is a micro commitment, but then let's just capture their email. That's really what it comes down to. For the client, it is a micro commitment. It's a step through the door. In fact, we wish it was different, Michael. We wish that the majority of people clicked on our primary call to action, but the reality is most don't. Most are not likely to click on the buy now or schedule a call where they might be willing to click on a download my guide to this. It might be the five things to avoid. It might be the four things to do. It might be a checklist. It might be a white page, although be careful with white pages. People aren't that interested in them anymore. The reality is they're not likely to read the document, but from our standpoint, no offense, we don't really care. We just want their email address so that we can send them nurturing messages through a platform like Keep or Active Campaign or MailChimp or mail automation you know, program. Yeah, and- email automation program, right? But we can't do that if we don't have their email address. But that transitional call to action, you got to have it because people aren't likely to click on the schedule now button right now, but they are likely to click on, oh, this checklist would be cool. This would be something I'd be interested in. Things not to do. Here's four things to avoid in order to do X, or here's five things you need to do today, plus one bonus you've never thought of or whatever it is. You've seen them on websites. People sometimes will say, well, those don't work. Yeah, they do. They do. Do you recommend approaching it from a negative point of view? In other words, if they sign up for this transitional call to action, 
that they can avoid something. People are motivated by positive reward or fear, and I'm afraid most people are motivated by fear. So if I say, here's five ways to enhance your workouts, you might go, okay, well, I might sign up for that. Or, hey, here's five things people who start working out fail to do that could cause a problem. Sometimes referred to as push and pull marketing or pushing them towards something and we pulling them towards it. Everyone's a little bit different how they do that. I would recommend split testing. There's always a good A-B testing to find out what you like. I tend to gravitate more towards the positive. Here's four things you should do to X and one you should avoid. I lead with the positive, That's good. but I'll throw in something that maybe that you should avoid. So if it's a weight loss issue, if it's choosing a web designer, if it's creating a sales program, if you're selling a sales training program, and you said, here's the three things that every salesperson on your team should be doing and the one thing they shouldn't. Then you've got a little bit of that mix. You're gravitating more towards the aspirational marketing side, but you're including that thing that, well, am I doing that right now? I need to know what that thing I need to avoid is because right. I don't know if I'm doing it. Are there some businesses, Francis, that do better with this model versus others? In other words, where doesn't this work? So for instance, if I'm a lawyer or I'm an accountant or maybe a chiropractor or a doctor, where does the brand story model work and framework work well? Where doesn't it work? It really works with any industry because every industry is solving a problem for the individuals. Where it's more difficult, it can be with business to business because the person who's responsible for finding the solution, you have to try and decide, am I identifying the problem that the business is having, or am I trying to identify the problem that the person who is making the decision to do this is having? So if I'm responsible for marketing for my company, is it the problem that Francis is having as the marketer for my company, or is it the problem my company is having in marketing? Because the company doesn't make the decision to buy, the individual does. So you have to make sure that you're focused on the right thing and the right person. So it's much more challenging to get to the root of the business to business it still works. It's still effective, but you have to be very specific and careful. Whereas when you're selling to an individual consumer, I built my widget to support a problem that consumer is having. It's really easy to get in touch with that person. Whereas if it's business to business, it's a little bit more difficult to get there. And so that's why typically I would get more of my clients for the business to business because it's harder to find that as an individual if that's not your background, then it is business to consumer, straight business to consumer. Sure. Now, the framework that you've created works well for most businesses, and it can also use that framework for emails, communication, newsletters. Yeah, I use it in my training all the time. In fact, I just got back from a training last week, and I use the same model. You have to identify who's your audience, what is it that they're struggling with, and then you create your objectives. Like, here's what you're going to get from it. Here's what the outcome is. Here's what you're going to be able to do with that outcome. And then you've got to establish who you are. And so it's the same process. I mean, you tweak some things, of course, but your emails, everything that you do when you're trying to get someone to buy what you're selling as a trainer, as a marketer, as a father, as a leader, like right. this works in leadership as well. Michael, if you were coaching a business CEO on how to connect more with his leaders or her leaders, this model works just as well for them as it does because you're selling something. You're selling a solution, whether it's by money or by buy-in, you're selling something. Well, it certainly is transformational. We've seen it with literally hundreds of websites and getting to work with different clients when we change their messaging. I use it with our messaging with sales teams. And again, starting with the problem, and I always let them know your product or your service is a solution to a problem that they don't always know they have yet. Sometimes they do. And then there's a logical course of action. And what I love about this flow 
and the model itself, the framework, is it so simple to follow? And you can see it. You can tell websites that follow that model, and there's thousands, tens of yeah. thousands that do. Have you seen companies or heard of stories where they've really seen transformation occur in their website? In other words, the website was just a brochure, and now it's part of a predictable revenue machine. Yeah, there was a company that StoryBrand worked with as a company. This wasn't me, but this was StoryBrand sure. that they worked with. The company that they worked with, they do auctions. Like they auction off big, heavy equipment, like big cats and construction equipment. And their website was really a brochure. And by going through this particular process, it unearthed some other challenges they had with regards to the way they talked about their business. They had five different business entities on the website and never... They had never marketed from one entity to the other. And like, you know, you go to Amazon, it says people who bought this have also bought this. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, I could use that too. They had never done that. They generated over $10 million in sales just from making sure that everyone knew they did both of these things, not just this one thing. The ability to cross over and share. So going through the process helped them unearth a lot of things that they needed to do better on their website. And it generated so much revenue for them. It more than paid for what they paid to have. And this was Donald Miller proper, right? The sure. CEO of the company. And so no. they paid a lot of money for it. And boy, they got their return like crazy. Well, I remember he was charging $50,000 just to do the messaging for a website. And we don't need to spend that much anymore. You can no. get it done for a lot less fractions of that sure. in comparisons. But it's a matter of going through that process. And that's something that you do in your process. You take people and basically it's about a 60 minute window right. uh, where we take people, ask them a bunch of questions. You make their brain hurt and make them think about their business in a way that they haven't <laughs> yeah. thought about it before, right? Yep. So they sometimes hate you when you get done, but you end up with some- It's key, a love-hate. Yeah, the love-hate thing, but they always love the outcome because yes. they're getting something that separates them from the competition. So you're really creating and clarifying your messaging so that your customers will actually listen to you. So you actually That's get correct. their ear and get their attention. You're offering audits of websites. Talk yeah. to us about that. Yeah, so there's a form Michael's gonna put in the show notes. This is something that we're offering is if you just want an evaluation, this is to be transparent, this is a transitional call to action, yeah. but we're offering an audit of your website. So if you fill the form out, we'll take a look at the website and we'll give you some feedback on areas that you do really well on areas that could use some improvement. And like the number one thing you could change right now to see results, whether it's the call to action, whether it's adding steps in, but it's a fairly comprehensive report about what your homepage, we don't go through every page on the website because usually once you fix one, you can fix the others. Right. And so it's a great little tool that will go through and provide a report for you. And we'll have, again, as you mentioned, we'll have those links on the website. And again, from a disclosure perspective, I am a shareholder in that parent company. And so we do benefit, the show benefits from that. But the work that you're offering is all done complimentary. There's no charges Correct. for that. They can decide mm -hmm. whether they like it or not. And it really does make a difference. And whether you're a single entrepreneur, you've got your own business, maybe you're a coach, you want to separate yourself and differentiate yourself from the competition, stand out from the crowd and like I say, build a message that's so clear people will listen. All right, this is definitely worth taking Francis up on. Francis, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for making time and thanks for doing the work. This podcast is created and associated with Summit Media. My production team is Bess Smith and Kendra Vickers. The fee for the show is that you share it with friends when you find something useful or interesting.